Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, City Life. If it's your first time here, hear this loud and clear. You belong here. And what we mean by that is this, no matter where you came from, what mess you've ever gotten into, God loves us at our darkest place and he wants to redeem that and make us brand new. And so he really wants us to belong in his family. We have a gift for you, it's your first time here. Go out into the lobby, go to the Connect Center and then rock a shirt like this or something. Meet the team, they would love to meet you. And for those that come often, welcome as well. We are so excited that you're with us today. Now I'm coming to you live, not really live, live at this moment when I'm recording it, but I'm coming to you recorded in my yard, and I have a reason, I'm gonna describe that in here in just a moment. You know, last week I was super sick on Saturday night, and uh, it was really humbling. I was up all night, my wife stayed up with me all night. Now she would never say this, but she went right to church without sleeping, held it down as the hero she is. So first, shout out to my wife. Second, shout out to Devin, who preached the word. I heard it was fire. Big props to him and all of the team. Thank you for just picking up um, while I was recovering from just being hit with a sickness. I was sick most of the week and it's unique. Maybe you can relate to this where when you're sick, you find out things that you're grateful for. Um, You just sometimes take for granted some of the smallest things. So this was a week of purifying and deep gratitude um, by being stretched and in a storm. Uh, so to speak. Now, today, I am physically with a team, 13 of us. We are in Philadelphia at City Life Philly, our parent church. And I'm speaking, and our team's gonna be ministering all week long, part of their kids' outreach. They're calling Kids Kaboom. And so we're getting to invest in them because right now, Pastor Brad is on sabbatical. Now, he's been pastoring for 16 years without ever taking a sabbatical. And a sabbatical is an extended time of rest to rejuvenate, recharge, and just totally check off the grid to let God just speak in new ways. Because how many people know, life in ministry, it is not just sprints, it's a marathon. And so we thought it would be so important as a church for us to go out to Philadelphia to invest in them and their church during this time when their pastor's on sabbatical, to say, you know, to my pastor, Pastor Brad, to say, We want to sow seed of rest and rejuvenation. And so that's what we're doing this whole week. So I'm preaching today out there, and I'm also preaching this morning with you. And so, look, break down the walls this morning of what you think that, okay, it's a video. No, no, no. I am so impressed in my spirit of how God wants to speak to you today that I know it's going to transcend any of this technology, and it's going to make it possible for the Holy Spirit today to communicate what really God wants to for you and for me as we study and we open up God's Word as we're continuing our series, Roots. Because it is not just about the fruits. It always takes place from our root system of what's going on on the inside. And so, would you just take a moment with me, bow your head, close your eyes, open them up, however you pray, and we're just gonna start out in prayer this morning. Jesus, we thank you for your great sacrifice. We thank you for breath in our lungs today. God, it is not by coincidence that every person who showed up this morning, that you have called them by name. God, that you wanna 
speak to the depths of their souls. And God, I pray that you would use this time that we have set aside to speak to us for eternal things, things that will last for all of eternity. And God, that we would really respond, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I pray today that we are transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, hey, I wanna speak to us today about something that I think is a little underrated, and I think that's an understatement. And Jesus says that we can't even do anything apart from this. And in fact, it's like being on the outside of a house and just never coming in. When all of the joy and all of the truth in the life is found on the inside and we have everything we could ever want in this home, but yet we just choose not to abide. That term abide, to rest, to know, to grow, to be in the home, to just partake, to not be on the outside, but to be on the inside. We're going to look at the gospel of John this morning in chapter 15. And the commentary here in the Gospel Transformation Bible, I love how some of it paints a picture. It says, think of John's gospel, not so much as a book, but as a destination. John, as our tour guide of the Alps of the gospel, he says to us, his readers, you've got to see Jesus for yourself. There's so much more to Jesus and what he's done for you than you could possibly imagine or hope. Now, when I think of tour guide, one of the things that comes to my mind is, you know, maybe going on a little uh, park uh, like Disney World and someone's leading you and they're describing some of the history. And, but it kind of takes me back when I'm a kid. And maybe you remember this of going to the movie theater on opening weekend for Jurassic Park. I mean, that was epic. I remember even they had a movie theater guy that came up front. I just, you know, I'm, I don't even know if I'm 13 at the time. I might be at 12 or 11 or so. And, and I remember this is the first time I'd ever seen this happen. He gets up in front of everybody. and He's like, everybody, it's a sold out show. I need you to scoot to the center and make as much room as possible for this incredible journey as we're going to go back into prehistoric time and partake in Jurassic Park. And the place like erupted, right? And you had this epic beginning scene, the tour guy, you know, Jurassic Park. Scientists have now cracked the code out of a fossil. Uh, I think it was like even a mosquito that had been, you know, preserved the DNA of dinosaur life in sap and they're able to recreate dinosaurs and to see them on the screen for the first time. I mean, it was just like, wow, we just blown. Yeah, this is awesome. And you got that tour guide at the beginning, right? Come in, we're gonna go into Dress Park and they're riding in the little Jeep and they're seeing the different things, they're seeing different areas and the excitement that the people had to go see the dinosaurs. Now we know that that turns out incredibly bad. Um, where the dinosaurs go wild, they break out of the cages, and that's kind of like what John's trying to explain to us. He's like, hey, come here, come here, come here. There's something so beautiful, but you gotta understand, there's something so wild, it's called sin. There's something so wild, there's an attack on your life and my life, and, and I want you to come home. I want you to come inside. I don't want you to stay outside with just the, you know, kind of just play with the kids' toys once in a while as you're getting to visit my house a little bit, but I want you to come in. I want you to experience the fullness and bear fruit in a way that you never believed was possible. Why don't you taste and see how great this Jesus is? Now, John gets it. As a tour guide, he, he would say things like this. He understood that he was beloved of God, that he was a loved 
son of God. That's how he would describe his relationship with Jesus, that he was loved by God. How do you describe your relationship with Jesus? Maybe one, you're just a seeker asking questions. One, you're maybe a doubter. Um, Or one, maybe you're like, hmm, I feel loved, but I let him down a lot. So I feel tolerated. And then there's some of us that are like, hmm, I feel so loved. I could just rest in his arms. And I think every one of us, that's what God's call is at that last point, to feel loved, to rest in his arms, to abide in him. So that's just a little bit of introduction about John and um, his gospel. And so at the beginning, very beginning, it's so captivating. It starts right out the gate. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. And what it is talking about is in the very beginning that Jesus is referred to as the word. And so as we talk about with words, as we read God's word, what we believe to be inspired, true, perfect, that God breathed through men and women to, to, to accomplish his works. And he would use individuals to to articulate and write things down, to preserve what he wanted to of his nature and his content, to really describe um, the condition of mankind, to point to our need of a savior and to show the qualities of who he is to describe his glory. Because we are most satisfied when God is most glorified. And so today we're gonna go to John chapter 15. And my prayer um, entering into this is, man, forget the game, forget the jokes. Um, forget anything in your life that you're trying to dance around from the real issues in your life and in your heart, which is really ultimately what's going on the inside. Because you can beautify your life and that's only gonna get you so far. It's shallow. It's about the roots this morning. And in John 15, one, it says this, I am the true vine, Jesus talking here, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. People today, you feel challenged. You feel like God may be testing you or you feel like Satan is everywhere. What's going on? Well, here is the good news that as this pruning process is happening, is you may even feel like it's an attack from Satan. What God is doing though, is God's allowing things to happen in your life or situations attacks and and type of adversity to develop you. And he's using things to discipline you to actually bear more fruit. And that hurts so good. Now, it says, verse three, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And the image there is this, come in the house, rest in the house, grow in me. Don't try to be a little plant. Do it on your own. Be connected to the vine. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Jesus being the vine, we didn't create the root system. We can't sustain life. We can't strum up the own ability to to have the power that we need to make uh, eternal value and significance. No, we can't do any of that on our own. But in Jesus, we have all of that position. And so... In him, it's completely opposite than everything what we're, we're, we're taught in the world. It's, it's conditional, it's systematic, it's, it's 
behavioral modification. It's reward-based. And Christ says, you have it all. You've already earned the reward. Would you just abide in me? And then someone who's a hard worker says, well, what do I do next? Uh, I want to work. I want to bear fruit. I want to do things. Man, that happens naturally. Bearing fruit's a byproduct. But you could bear fruit, but not be connected to the root system of Jesus. And the fruit could be temporary, but when you're abiding with him, you bear the fruit by him working through you. And that's the type of fruit that's gonna last. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. This gives proper order to how we should really feel um, as owners. This is very liberating. Uh, For control freaks, this is humbling. You're like, I'm not in charge. Nope. I'm not the one growing the seed. I'm not making it happen. I'm struggling in life here. I thought it was about me. Uh, I'm in the driver's seat. And um, you're not. And then for the person who says, well, uh, I feel like I can never drive. I never do things right. Um, I just can't seem to make anything grow. Nothing to last. I ruin all these relationships. Well, good news. You can be in Christ and he can be the one sustaining you. And so the one who wants to drive, well, guess what? There's good news because you're not the perfect driver. I'm not the perfect driver. We will mess it up. But in Jesus, we have the fullness of what fruit and what life looks like. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Period. This has challenged me over my life because I am one of those people who's a doer. I like to get stuff done. I like to be in control many times, and I like to, you know, figure out a way that we are gonna just do it. Let's go, let's win. And to stop and to humble myself and remember, wait, I'm not the one sustaining this life. I'm not the one, you know, driving or able to create value long-term. Jesus is. And so to let him lead and to let him drive, because apart from him, I can't do nothing. A value nothing like we can't add or take away from that nothing just let that rest in apart from Jesus you me we can do nothing of significant value and you can say that's pretty bold why would Jesus say that well he says that because he's stating that it's true and so we have to say well where are we even getting this truth we have to pause in God's word what what why are we reading this why are we taking this so seriously and this is why I've been trying to um, just really kind of perk our interest to not be intimidated by this big book, but start to be invited into this book to understand, discover. It's not a book. It's a live writing and experience of God's divine power to show who he is and connect with us. And so it's like a love letter and of who he is and also inviting us into the family again, that we were on the outside, but that we can be made whole on the inside and that it doesn't matter what we have. Now, I just wonder if, if, if you would be is courageous and daring enough to pray this morning, to pray this, that God, I don't necessarily care about what I have, but I pray that I'm somebody who is deeply committed to abiding in you. So not so much that I wanna be somebody that has a bunch of stuff or what, but it's who I am that matters most. God, make me the who that looks like you, amen. That type of prayer that says, okay, what would it look like if we're not asking the question, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to have? Or rather to say, who am I? Whose am I? And who do I want to be?
That is the essence of what John's describing here, inviting us into this tour guide situation. And, and here's what it does. Is it's just one big story. All of this is one big story about Jesus. All of these books that are compiled in this, this Bible here, that's a, it's an English Standard Version, a Gospel Transformation Bible. I love it because all the commentary, so all the scholars, they write how the Gospels in all of the text all the time. And what that means is that the good news of Jesus is displayed from page to page to page of how it interacts with us. So we're going to take a moment here and just kind of zoom out how you can be invited more and more and more to learn what is the Bible in a simple way to just go back to the basics. Check this video out real quick from the Bible Project. The Bible is an important book, but it's really long. Yeah, it's a collection of many books written over a long period of time, but altogether they tell one unified story. So, what's the story of the Bible? Well, it begins by introducing us to a beautiful mind, the author of all reality, a being called God. And he has the power to take the dark chaos of the uncreated world and bring about order and beauty and a garden full of life. And to crown this accomplishment, God appoints these creatures called humanity. Or in Hebrew, Adam. And they're made as God's image. Which means that they're commissioned to rule this beautiful world on God's behalf by harnessing all of its potential and creating even more beauty and order. This is a story about humans using their power to do meaningful, life-giving work. But the question is, how? Yeah, humanity now faces a choice that's represented by a fruit tree. So humans could partner with God and find freedom by trusting in his knowledge of good and evil. Or they could seize power and define good and evil on their own, which, God warns, will kill them. And they hear the voice of a dark, mysterious creature that tells them the choice is simple. Take the fruit. It'll give you power and freedom to rule the world on your own terms. And so they seize this knowledge. And as a result, they become suspicious and self-protective. It leads to fractured relationships, violent power grabs, and ultimately a whole civilization, Babylon, that has redefined evil as good. And so God scatters this corrupted human project. And here the story of the Bible takes an important turn. We zoom in to the story of a man and a woman who come out of Babylon, Abraham and Sarah. Yeah, God promises that from them will come a new people, a nation that has another chance to make the right choice. And if they succeed, it will open up this new way forward for the rest of humanity. And this is why the rest of the Bible story is about this family. And it does not go well. Despite God's personal guidance, Abraham's family gives in to that same temptation to redefine good and evil on their own terms, apart from God. Even when their best people were in charge, rulers who loved God's guidance and had divine wisdom, even they gave in. And so Israel was warned by their own prophets that these choices would lead them back to Babylon, this time as conquered captives living in exile, and that's exactly what happened. So even with God's personal guidance, Israel fails. Who can succeed? Well, the prophet said that the story wasn't over. God's going to send a new leader to Israel to cover for their failures and to transform the people's hearts and minds so that they can make the right choice. And so the part of the Bible called the Old Testament ends, and these promises are left hanging. And then the biblical story continues into the New Testament. We're introduced to a man who comes from the line of Israel's kings, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said that he was bringing all these promises to their completion. He confronted that dark, mysterious evil that all humanity has given into and resisted its power. And then he announced that God had arrived to rule the world through himself. 
Jesus taught about God's definition of good and evil, and he said that real power is serving others. According to Jesus, it's people who love the poor and even love their enemies. These are the kinds of people who actually rule the world. And that's confusing, but also really beautiful. And so is the claim that the story goes on to make about Jesus, that he is God become human, to be for Israel and for all humanity what we could never be for ourselves. He came to take the consequences of our evil into himself, and his sacrificial love proved more powerful than evil, than even death itself. So now humanity's presented with a new choice. Represented by a new tree. Stick with the old way of being human, or venture into this new way. And in the story, those who choose the way of Jesus find themselves energized by God's own power. People who know that they are loved and forgiven by God can become people who love and forgive others in return. The Jesus movement quickly spread throughout the world, forming these new communities of people who follow the way of Jesus. But they faced problems. There was persecution from the outside by people in power, and inside there was confusion, even compromise. Yeah, because following Jesus is really hard. And so the movement's leaders, called apostles, they wrote letters to comfort and to challenge these communities to stay faithful to the difficult way of Jesus. And they're called to hope for the day when Jesus will come and change everything. And so the Bible ends by pointing to the future day, when all wrongs are made right, when evil is eradicated, heaven and earth are united, and humanity can rule the world together in the love and power of God. Okay, so that's the story of the Bible, and it brings all of these books together. But what's interesting is that each book contains a different kind of literature that contributes to the story in a unique way, and that's what the next video will begin with. I love that because it gives us some framework on how to build this thing, how to grow. And we use in the manual out in the hallway, if you want to get one, the Get Rooted manual, we use some term called uh, the source and connecting with the source of life. And it's Jesus through his word, the Bible, through prayer and through worship, to just worship God in everything we do, to abide in him always. And that we kind of use an illustration here that, that to abide in Christ is like, he's like the tap root. And if you're familiar with the tap root is, if some plants have them, it's the center root that grows down deeper than all the other roots. And all of the other root system starts to grow laterally off of it. And get that image for a minute, that when we abide in Christ, we're connected to him, into the vine that we didn't create or we don't sustain. And that all of our life grows laterally and even vertically out of that position in him. And so our fruits become deeply connected to what our root system is. And as we get ready to kind of just land the plane this morning and um, wanna give us something just practical to chew on and think about is what are we more focused on as people? The outside or the inside? Do we just come to the home and give people a tour of just what the siding looks like or even my very elaborate child toys in my yard? Um, is that what we do? Or is the home the purpose of what happens on the inside, the relationships that are created and forged? And that's ultimately how God views you when he says, abide with me, is come in. You don't have to wonder if it's a home that you can be in. You don't have to wonder or worry if you have everything. If you want money, in, in him is all rich, riches. If you want forgiveness, in him is all mercy. 
you want new life, in him is all grace and power. If you want truth, in him is all truth. If you want a counselor, in him is a helper and a comforter and a listener and a nurturer. In him is a father that we never had if for some of us. In him is new life that we've longed for. Is him is the eternal question of what could be answered. And so today, maybe your heart's beating through your chest because you're like, mm, I know that I'm just not right with Jesus. I pray today the first step is even how you enter in to the gospel, even how you enter into the tour is recognizing that we are dead in sin. So we come to the door, we got no money to come into the, uh, the tour and we, we got nothing that we can't be admitted, no admission fee, we just can never make it, we'll never get in. But then we understand this offer that says, no, it's free. You just gotta give up everything that you have. Well, what does that mean? Well, everything that's tied to your heart, everything that's tied to your roots, give it all up. And in that process, what you'll get is free admission. Free admission that isn't conditional where you just get one day's trip, you get an everlasting trip to everlastingly be known. You could even be listening to this thing of that, it's just too good to be true. Well, maybe you've never heard the gospel. Maybe you've never heard how bad it is that it, we're on the outside looking in, we can't get in. But maybe you never heard how good it is that when you accept Christ, you're in. That God looks down upon you and me and he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees his son in his perfect sacrifice in the glory of him that's fully displayed, heaven at work, covering us, protecting us, and that we're made new and clean in him. And so what the good news is, is that death to our sin, that burial of our sin, but that resurrection coming new in the power of Jesus Christ. And so as we land this, like I was saying, is verse um, six, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branch is gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But this my Father is glorified. By this my Father is glorified. And what, what is the, the image there? Is that, is it just, okay, God, I want a car, I want things? No, no, no. Start to ask what the qualities of heaven look like in your life, and joy, and peace, and gentleness, and long-suffering, and forgiveness. And, and God is glorified when He answers our prayers. He longs to give us the fullness of who he is. He's a good, good father that loves you and loves me. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. And so the whole point of abiding is that we would bear fruit, is that we would be able to dis display God's goodness, that by walking with him as a disciple, people would taste and see, man, God is awesome. And this is where sometimes I think we get it worked backwards. We want people to know that God is awesome. So we're kind of focused on our fruit. We're getting the outside ready. We want to get everything right. And oh, I want to evangelize. I want to tell somebody about Jesus. But wait, 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 stop that. Stop, slow down. Deep soul therapy to say, if you didn't have any of that, is he still enough? Is his home worth it? And what he does out of that, when you say, yes, God, you are worth it. He starts to bear fruit in our life and to prove that we are his disciples. So as the Father loved me, so I have loved you. You got to hear that this morning. The way God loves his son, Jesus, that's the way Jesus loves us. So I have loved you. Abide in my love. Get that type of anchor, that root system, that we're abiding 
in the love of God. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Commandments, what did he teach us? How do we know? How do we learn? How do we grow? His word, studying his word, growing in his word, it's alive. You can read the same passage so many different times. There's so many times I've went through a chapter uh, over and over again, and I keep getting more insight and to say, okay, what did this mean to the original audience? What, what would they have thought when they heard it? Um, how does this apply to today? How does this impact me? And how does this uh, show me who God is? So much weight in the scriptures. And it says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Today, our joyful man. It's beautiful, beautiful. Little tip uh, as we're closing to read the Bible. I can say that a couple more times, right? Uh, that's what preachers get to do. They get to say closing a whole bunch and people are like, is he closing yet? Is he closing? Yeah, yeah, we're closing. Um, you, you, you sit in there and you're like, okay, I want to begin reading. I want to begin learning. Um, what would I do? Uh, run, one preacher said, maybe start with the gospel of Mark a condensed version. It's the uh, shortest gospel. It gets right to the point, cuts right to the chase. It's awesome. But it, the same preacher also said, well, I think it would be good that if every Christian uh, kind of got the children's storybook Bible to start to describe the story narrative of how it's all connected, how it's all about Jesus and how it's all inter, uh, woven together. And we have that at our family. I'm telling you, when we read that, I grow. And so don't think, oh, it's a kid's Bible. No, no, no. It's a Bible and it's beautiful. And it starts to lay out this, just to kind of give you some, some thematic. Uh, so the storybook Bible, second thing I would say. Um, and then, so read the Gospel of Mark. A storybook Bible uh, could be a place to start. And then maybe you're like, okay, well, what Bible? I want to get the whole Bible. Man, I'd encourage you to get the Gospel Transformation Bible. And that has the commentary about how Jesus is in all the scriptures. And um, last, maybe you want to listen to the Bible. Uh, you could do that from the Bible app. You can listen to it as you go. And you could also download a thing called Street Lights, where it's this production of taking hip-hop beats and reading the Bible over it. And so it's great as you uh, have that in your world. So um, Gospel of Mark, Storybook Bible, um, Gospel Transformation Bible and Audio Bible, um, and then also Streetlights for those that are, uh, you know, looking to take some next steps. So um, we're going to close in prayer. Close. And we're going to spend some time in worship. And I pray that during worship, you would just really ask God, okay, what am I um, not letting you in on? What, what kind of games am I playing for people? Why am I only... Um, giving people a tour of the outside of my life. Why don't I let people into the inside? And then even worse yet, God, why am I only giving you a tour of the outside of my life? Or why am I trying to clean myself up on the outside? Why don't I let you in on the inside? Why do I, I want to experience this fullness, this fullness of joy. And I believe today is you just surrender, surrender. During worship, surrender, give it all to God. And God, take my life, take everything I have. I believe that he's going to exchange you um, through the power of the Holy Spirit joy, joy, as we abide in him. Let's pray. Jesus, well, thank you this morning to 
um, for technology, that we can be together uh, in spirit. Um, I'm challenged uh, just talking about this, that I want to abide in you more. I want to abide and just rest in you and know that everything that I've ever desired, any type of success, any type of acknowledgement, any type of affirmation, it's all found in you, in your love. And I pray today that um, I would be, that we would be people of inside roots that are connected to the vine, that you would prune us of everything that's not bearing fruit, that we would let it happen as hard as it is, it hurts so much, that we would just let it happen so that we could see the fullness of you and you be glorified as uh, your disciples, that we would prove to people like God is more, look, he's great, um, he's on display and through my imperfections and our imperfections and our brokenness, the full display of who Jesus is, that we're people trying to point to this beautiful destination of where we're going on this tour, is that we're just mere guides, but that you could have experienced life in the fullness of the home, in this family, that you said you would go prepare a mansion, and if it were not so, you wouldn't say so. But it is so, so therefore you say so, that we have a home and we have a hope in you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, I love you. I'll see you next week. Uh, I'll be back for next Sunday. And I'll be lifting us up in prayer in Philly this week. And uh, join us as we close here in worship. Let's stand. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.